Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Amen. Praise God. Um, tonight we're continuing, of course, in our um, walk through the Corinthian letters. And as I've told you before, if you have any questions along the way, feel free to raise your hand and we'll bring a microphone to you so that you can ask that question. Because not only do we have people here in this room that may have that same question, but we also have those on live stream and listening by podcast. So we want to record all of what happens here so that everyone can be as equipped as possible. Amen. So, but I, what I want to do tonight is begin in the first Corinthians chapter four, first Corinthians chapter four, and we're going to look at verse six and, um, and then we're going to move over to second Corinthians chapter four. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 6 reads, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sakes, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. In other words, the answer to divisiveness or the cure for devices, divisiveness is to not think beyond what is written. So God has given us his wonderful scriptures, his wonderful word, that if we'll set our mind on his word, because his word is full of love. His word is full of love. To love the Lord your God, what did they say the two greatest commandments were? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And on that, all the rules hang. Right? That's the first and foremost, that love is abounding in your life. And so this says to not think beyond what is written, to not think beyond what is written. So I just want to encourage you tonight to, according to this, it's an admonition to us and an instruction to think according to the Word of God. That will keep you in the love of God. That'll keep you from arguments and disputes and gossips and all those kinds of things that would try to come in and tear people apart keeps you in the love of God because the scripture says great peace have those who love your word and nothing shall offend them nothing shall offend them so your love for the word keeps you from offense hallelujah Um, now let's go to 2nd Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 I'm going to kind of build on a thought for a moment tonight um, the first thing we are looking at is to not think beyond what is written but now look at verse uh, 7 here but we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Isn't that glorious that God has chosen to put his treasure, the treasure of his own son, Christ in us, the hope of glory, in this clay vessel. Verse 8, but we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Verse 9, Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Blessed beyond the curse, for his promise will endure. That joy is going to be my strength. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Uh, that song was written, and what's interesting is uh, uh, I've had the privilege of meeting and having a few conversations with Daryl Evans, the one who wrote that song. And he wrote that song in a church service one night while they were having just a powerful time in the spirit and he got up there with the team and they were singing and then he just started singing the song, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And then it turned into trading my sorrows and probably 
you know, ended up buying him a house and cars and all that kind of stuff. But uh, <laughs> all started in the house of God. Amen. I love that. You know, I think the, 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 the songs that people should be receiving riches from are songs about Jesus. Huh? And the writer should be enriched. Amen. By bringing him all the glory. Always caring about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus. Now, Paul is talking about, he's saying we are hard-pressed. Now, I want you to understand something that he's not saying. He's not saying you're hard-pressed on every side. He's talking about these as leaders, these as the apostles, these as Paul being the pioneer to bring the gospel to the Gentiles specifically. But all these leaders, the apostles, were the beginning of the church, and they were going to pay a very high price for preaching this gospel. All of them would die for it. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. Verse 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. But watch verse 12. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Everybody say same spirit of faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith, what? According to what is written. I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So what we've seen just from these two passages of Scripture from 1 Corinthians 4 and 2 Corinthians 4 is to not think beyond what is written and to not believe and speak, but according to what is written. Our thoughts, our minds are on the word, our believing and our speaking is according to what is written. Did you, did you catch that tonight? All right, because you can have wrong believing. If you get your believing right, then guess what? Your speaking will be right. Your thinking will be right. Because there's a lot of people who are sincere in what they believe and still Tragically wrong. It's called being sincerely wrong. (laughs) That's why the word is here to help us know the truth, live the truth, and be free from that truth. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I speak. So the spirit of faith according to this verse of scripture is these two things, these two actions, believe and speak. That means faith has a voice. Faith is not to be kept silent. Faith has a voice. Okay? So for just a moment, I want us to, to, I'm going to take you to a couple more scriptures where we can see this maybe in a broader sense, this term of believing and speaking in place of where we might see the word faith. It's the same thing, faith, believing, and speaking. Now watch this, 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our believing and speaking. Okay, let's go to another one. Uh, Hebrews 11, I like this one. Now believing and speaking is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. How about 2 Corinthians 5, 7? For we walk by believing and speaking, not by sight. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth 
confession is made into salvation. So here again, we have that believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. Jesus said, out of your heart or out of your central believing system will flow rivers of living water. It's an amazing thing when we get the word of God in our mouth, what is possible for our lives. I think one of the saddest things about the Christian reality right now in the world is in large part, Christians are just silent. They're not opening their mouths and declaring what God has said. They're not speaking His word into their situation. They've been kind of duped into believing that kind of what the world believes. Well, it is what it is. Everything happens for you. Right? No, no, no. Take authority. Use your mouth. Open your mouth and declare the word of God and get that happening in your life. Amen. I wrestle way too much with with issues and stuff by just staying silent. Because faith, the exercise of faith is to believe and to speak. So I want to just take us, I want to take you again through something I've taught you before, but I want to connect it. I want to help connect maybe some more dots in this thought on the authority that you have as a child of God. Let's go over to John chapter 12. For a moment. John chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 48. Jesus is speaking. He says, He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority. Did you see that? How many of you believe Jesus has authority? (laughs) Yes, he does. Matter of fact, all authority has been given unto him, he said. But look what he says here. I'm not speaking of my own authority. Well, whose authority is he under? The Pharisees? But the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father told me, so I speak. So Jesus helped us understand, helped us understand something real powerful here. And, and we don't want to just rush over this because this is everything to you and your life. Jesus, the Son of the living God, did not speak unless he was spoken to first by his Father. And say, I didn't come, I'm not speaking on my own authority. I'm under authority. And I'm under his authority. Is Jesus God? Yes, he is. Is the Father God? Yes, he is. There's something about this realm of love where there is no fear and there is no insecurity and there is no vying for position. There's a loving submission. I don't speak of my own authority. What the Father tells me, that's what I do. And chapter 14 and verse 10, Jesus reiterates this truth again. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Now jump down to verse 26, that same chapter. He's going to help us understand yet another truth in this realm. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Chapter 16, verse 13. Yeah. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into how much truth? I love that. Watch. For he will not speak on his own authority. Whoa. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Are you seeing how this works in the Godhead? 
The Spirit doesn't speak on his own authority. He hears from Jesus. Jesus speaks to him, and then he says that. Jesus doesn't speak on his own authority. He hears it from the Father, and that's what he says. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is important. God himself, he's not going to have us do something that he himself is not willing to do. And he wants us to operate under authority, therefore we can operate in authority. So God himself, there's submission even in the Godhead so that there's authority. This is amazing to me. Father to Son, Son to Spirit. Now this is important for us to understand because there is this truth that was first declared in the book of Deuteronomy that has transcended. It's not one of those things that was just subject to the law and that dispensation of the law of Moses, but this is what is known as an axiomatic truth. It's true across the, both covenants and for all dispensations. And that truth is this. In Matthew, are we going to Matthew yet? Yes. Okay, Jesus is talking here about making peace with somebody, these two brothers that are at odds. And so he says, first go to them and try to make peace. If that doesn't work, this is the next step, okay? But if you will not hear, take with you one or two more that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established, okay? Now, even Paul in 2 Corinthians 13.1 uses the same phraseology. He says, this will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established, all right, so we understand that Jesus used this phrase, Paul used this phrase, so this is both for the Jew and the Greek, right? So now let's go back to the very source of it, the very first time it's mentioned in Scripture, Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15. One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any, say any iniquity, or any sin, say any sin. This is important that you get this, that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. So if, if somebody you know, ran up to Moses during this time and said, hey, I saw uh, Nathan uh, smoking behind the, the rock over there. Uh, that's what the church calls sin, so we'll just go with that. Anyway, smoking behind the rock back over there. Uh, you know what they'd say? Are there any more witnesses? I'm sorry. One's not enough. Can't bring a charge against them. One witness can't do it. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, now are you understanding why God, why God declares his word in this way, Father to Son, Son to Spirit? Because that gives three witnesses to the word. And when that is accomplished, when, they, when that word comes from God, the matter is established. The matter is settled. Every word is settled. Wow. Okay. Oh, this is going to help you tonight. So what God says about you is important then, isn't it? How many of you have ever been lied to by the devil? Hmm? Has he ever spoken to you before? He, should, he probably has. I mean, if you're a Christian, he definitely has. He definitely has. And he's subtle in the way he does it. But most of the time, behind his speech to you is this accusatory tone, isn't there? To try to shame you and to guilt you. And so he comes up against you and, 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 and talks about your failures or whatever those things might be. But there's a problem here. 
because he's just one. Not even God will hear his case because he's just one witness. But there are three witnesses that have said something else about you. And so what they've said, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is the truth. So what have they said about you? That's why you need to know what is written, to think according to what is written, and to speak what, according to what is written, because this is the established, finished word. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What does it matter what the devil says? You already have an established word from God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have already spoken on your behalf. They already given witness to who you are in Christ Jesus, that the old things are gone and the new things have come, that you have the victory. He sent his word and he healed you and delivered you from your destruction. Hallelujah. He is on your side today. And so that tells you there's way more for you than are against you. That's why you should not give one second of entertainment to the devil and his lies. The problem is we stay quiet. We just sit there and let him lie to us. I mean, he came to Jesus and he dared to say these words. If you are the son of God. Now notice Jesus didn't even entertain that. He didn't go, oh, am I the son of God? I never thought about that before. I'm going to have to entertain that for a moment. Hmm? What did Jesus do? How did he combat the devil? He opened up his mouth and he said, it is written. And with every temptation, Jesus returned with, it is written. And you know what? The devil couldn't stay around that because he's one against three. The three win every time. The written word is the established word. Woo! I'm glad I came to church just to hear that tonight. But think about this. In Psalm chapter 119, verse 89, David declares, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled where? In heaven. It's settled there. So what does that look like? What does heaven look like? Heaven is a wonderful place filled with Glory and grace. Anybody else remember? Anybody else listen to Kids Praise and Salty the Songbook when you were growing up? Okay, I'm just wondering. I'm, I want to see my Savior's face because heaven is a wonderful place. I want to go there. It's a great song. But it's heaven is where life is unlimited. Heaven is where there is no death. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no fighting. There's no arguing. There's no social media. Thank you, Jesus. None of that's there. None of the potential for that's there. There's no devil there. Hmm? There's, there, there's none of that. No broken relationships. Bitterness. None of that's there. Why? Because forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So you understand that his word is his will and his will is his word. So wherever the word of God is established, the will of God is accomplished. Lord, I want your will to be done. Then declare it. Then open your mouth and declare my word so that my will can be accomplished here. So we know it's settled there. 
But, and we look at heaven and then we see earth and we go, these two, one of these things is not like the other. <laughs> right? So they can't both be the will of God. Not everything that happens on this earth is the will of God. There's a revelation for my Calvinist friends. Not everything that happens is his will. Otherwise, he is one schizophrenic God. Huh? Not everything, not everything that happens is because he did it. That's why we've got to get out of that mindset. Well, I wonder what the Lord's trying to do here. What the Lord's trying to do. Hey, he gave you his word to show you who he is and what he does. So you don't have to stand there like this. I wonder what's going on. No, you open your mouth and say what God has said. You take authority and declare that word in the earth. Amen. He's given you all the equipment for, for you to do it. He just needs, the, the scripture says, his eyes are roaming to and fro over the earth. And will he really find faith? Or will he really find believing and speaking? Will somebody dare to take him at his word and say what he says despite the circumstances that you're facing? Despite your pitfalls, despite your failures, despite your downfall, that you'll just determine that you're going to believe and speak according to what is written. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. You can't be silent. You can't be silent. Because not only are you depending on you to open your mouth, but there are those in your life that are depending on it too. Your family needs you to pray for them. Your coworkers need you to speak the word. Huh? Your children, they need you to open your mouth and declare things. Declare what the word of God has said. Okay. So based on that, I believe and I therefore I speak according to what is written. So since that word is settled in heaven, then Jesus invites us. I love this. He invites us to take a stand of authority and to say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We can pray. We can pray for what happens up there to happen down here. We can bring heaven down here and live in that experience. Woo! Your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen. Um, so what I want you to do now is let's, what other scriptures did I give you? Brooke? Is that Brooke? Uh, no, after the Romans, that's, that's, man, that's really good stuff too. Oh yeah, verse, uh, Hebrews 4, thank you. Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. That's a sharp sword, right? If it can divide soul from spirit. And of joints and marrow, having to do with the flesh, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged. All right, the word two-edged is a Greek, one Greek word for two-edged, and it's the word distomos, D-I-S-T-O-M-O-S, distomos. And it means, it literally means twice spoken. Twice spoken, two-edged, twice spoken. This means twice. Uh, stomos means uh, of the mouth. Um, one one uh, definition is like a, a mouth that, Two mouths of a river, I should say. So now, watch this. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword or twice spoken. 
Okay, so since we have the witness of God on his word, what he has said, that puts one edge on that sword. When you speak, that gives the other edge to the sword. A twice spoken word. So now it's not only coming from God's mouth, now you've come into agreement, now you have become another witness to the word of God so that you can get that matter established in your life. Now, family, this isn't really all that complex. It's really not that hard. We have been given the victory, but we have a call from God to continue to enforce the victory that has already been established by him. That's why we're here. That's why you are where you are. That's why you have the family that you have. Oh, Jesus. That's why you got the spouse you got. Amen. Just just keep smiling. If you can't smile at them, just look forward and smile. All right. That's why you have the kids you have. That's why you are where you are. Listen to me. Because you are the agent of change. You're the one that has been given the authority to open your mouth and declare his word. See, the pressure is not on you to try to change things. The word will change things. You're just a carrier of that power. You're a carrier of that power, that message of reconciliation. Open your mouth and say it. Don't be sluggish in your confession because there's a temptation to do it. Come on, you all, you all know what I'm talking about. We've all stayed silent when we should have been speaking. Hmm? We've all been guilty of that. But the scripture says in can you bring up Hebrews 10 for a moment? And I'll finish with this. Hebrews chapter 10. Unless there, I'll, I'll give a moment for if anybody has any questions and then we'll close out. But um, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Verse 23. This is a great verse of scripture. It says, let us therefore hold fast the confession of our hope. Why is it telling you to hold fast? Because it's easy for it to go away. You got to hold fast. Confess. That is, you have to make your mouth speak. And if you've been a Christian for five minutes, you figured something out about your tongue. It don't want to do that. Huh? It doesn't want to do that. It wants to please itself and it wants to cuss others out. That's the natural nature of that tongue. It doesn't want to speak nice things. It's easier to put others down. All right? It's easier to put others down. But listen to me. When you open your mouth and you, you can't tame that tongue, but you can control it. Huh? You can control it one day at a time. You just determine you're going to be quick to hear and slow to speak. Amen. That saves a lot of marriages right there. That one verse of Scripture. One verse. And turn a whole marriage around. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to rasp. Amen. So get the word in. So I, wanna, I want to uh, just have you uh, repeat a couple of things after me. Before I do that, does anybody have any questions tonight about anything that we've covered at this point? Yes. Can we get a microphone to this young man, Cameron? Where's my mic boy? There he is. 
Yeah, it sounded, it sounded like it went on there. When, oh, wow. Um, the verse about discerning soul and spirit, could you go a little more in depth on the, dif- the difference in soul and spirit between those two? The difference between soul and spirit? Yes, please. Yes, our spirit is that, that the Greek word pneuma, that which is connected to God, the, really the, the breath of God. When God breathed life into Adam's nostrils, the, the, that's the spirit. That's really the essence of who we are. We are spirits. We have a soul. The soul is made up of your mind, your will, your emotions. Um, uh, we might call that in, in this realm the heart of who we are. And then uh, the body, of course, is this right here. Thank you. Amen. And in our salvation, remember, we're saved, we're justified in the spirit, sanctified in the soul by renewing our mind, getting our emotions right, checking our attitudes, and, uh, and then our body is glorification. That's when we receive, that's going to happen when we go to heaven. Until then, you're stuck with what you got, so make the best of it. <laughs> Amen. Thanks for asking that. Anybody else? Okay, awesome. You've been a good class tonight. All right, let's let's uh, hope this has helped you tonight. Yeah, amen. Encouraged you and equipped you for bigger things. Oh yeah, let me just say this last one. Jesus said, "This is the amplified version of Matthew eighteen eighteen. Truly, I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already forbidden in heaven. So if it's forbidden in heaven, then you can say it's forbidden here." See what I mean? Sickness? No, it's forbidden in heaven. Then I forbid it here. Whatever it may be. Whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. So we know what's permitted there. So you say what's permitted there, it must be permitted here. Amen. Okay, stand with me for, for a moment. I just, want, I just want to have you repeat some things after me. All right? I declare today... That I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. And because I am in Christ, I am a new creation. Old things are gone. New things have come. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to me who is in Christ Jesus. And because Christ is in me, I have victory over the enemy. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. In walking by faith, I please God. I will not be afraid. It's my Father's good pleasure to give me the kingdom. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but I have been given a spirit of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Amen. I have the advantage wherever I go and in whatever I do because I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. God has set before me an open door. Whatever door God opens, nobody can shut it. I am surrounded by the shield of God's favor. I have favor and good understanding in the sight of God 
and man. Christ became a curse for me. And I am blessed with the blessing of Abraham. And that blessing is this. I am blessed and I will be a blessing. Because I am loved by God, I choose to love others. I choose to be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to wrath. I choose to forgive and to let it go. I choose to prefer others before me. I am a peacemaker. No evil shall befall me and no plague shall come near my dwelling. I am established in righteousness and I am far from oppression and I am far from terror. It shall not come near me. Amen. I choose what Jesus came to give me. Life and more abundantly. I have the anointing abiding in me and teaching me all things. And because I am anointed, I will preach this gospel in word and in deed. And I declare today, signs and wonders follow me because I am a believer. I expect the supernatural. I expect God to use me. The Word of God has all the answers for my life. He took all the limits off. So I will not put any limits on. I commit every thought, every word, and every action to bring glory and honor to the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, you see what that does for you? You see how that makes you feel? feels like you can just conquer the world, right? You get that word in your mouth, you declare what God has said, and every day of your life, you can win. You can overcome. You can have wisdom for that situation where, uh, what do I do? What do I do? He's a very present help in time of trouble and time of need. So rest in his word, rest in the power of his word, and just let it flow from your believing and speaking today. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for what you've spoken to us tonight. Thank you for your word, that it is living and powerful. Lord, we put it in our mouths and in our hearts, the word of faith. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, what that does for our lives, that you've called us, God, out of darkness and into your marvelous light, the kingdom of your dear son. That means, Lord, you've made us royalty in your kingdom, that we can declare a thing and see it done because the one who declared it first is living inside of us. Thank you, Lord, that we are people who are under your authority. And because we're under authority, we therefore have authority. Thank you, Father God, that your people, they will know their God and be strong and do exploits in the earth. I thank you, Lord, for these people who are agents of change wherever they go, God. That when they declare the word of God, that thing gets settled and accomplished in their life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the power of your word. Thank you that for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. So, Lord, we are here to continue to say we have the victory. Jesus said it is finished, and we're going to continue to enforce that victory in our lives and help others to get that victory in their lives as we go in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Father God, you bless your people and they're going out just like they've been blessed and they're coming in. Lord, I think that though their enemy comes at them one way, he will have to flee in seven. They're blessed wherever they go and everything their hands touch shall prosper. All of their children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of their children. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Every tongue that rises against them in judgment, they shall condemn. Thank you, Father God, that they are strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And they will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make them dwell in safety. In the name of Jesus. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.